Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, dear listeners. Welcome back to the CC Podcast Telco. May is an exciting month here at CC. We're getting ready to release some exciting new ventures over on the third media channel, as well as our usual monthly GCCM magazine, the Enterprise Magazine, and the CC Young Professionals Bulletin, a new initiative brought to you by yours truly. We are so excited to get these new publications online for you all to explore and enjoy. But for now, let's take a journey back to last year's Middle East 2022 GCCM in Oman. Today, we are going to tune in to GBI's keynote and knowledge sharing session, new business models and investment strategies to meet cable's future digital demand. Featuring a fascinating pre-Qatari FIFA World Cup keynote from GBI's Chief Commercial Officer, Brendan Press, who provides us with top insights on the company's market and OTT bandwidth growth forecasts for the Middle East region in coming years, as well as an inside scoop on GBI's platform partners and new business models ahead of the big game. Joining later in the discussion, we have Javier Hector Lore, Senior Expert for Submarine Cables and Capacity at Omentel, and leading the discussion, we have our CC ambassador and master moderator, Eric Van Stock. Let's take a listen. So thank you for joining us, guys. Um, what are we gonna do? Uh, second session of today, new business models and investment strategies to meet the cable future digital demand. Can somebody repeat that sentence, please? Yeah, we, no, they can't, no. Uh, and here with me, um, I have to, and I'm very proud and honored to have them uh, on my panel here, two senior, senior, senior specialists on this one. And um, I'll give them a quick uh, quick, quick minute to introduce themselves, and then we're going to listen to a keynote speech, and we'll go into a panel discussion. And we really going to wait for your questions. So pay attention, come up with questions, because it will be an interactive session. So, um, Brennan. Happy to see you again, and uh, welcome to the panel. Yeah, so, Eric, it's the first time I've seen you in person, and um, it's about time. you look just as smooth in person as you do uh, on a video. Smooth operator. Yeah, smooth operator. Uh, pleasure to be here, Brendan Press, CCO of GBI. Um, it really is a pleasure to be here. I haven't been to Muscat Oman for about 10 years, so actually coming into the airport yesterday, the new airport, amazing. Uh, the geography has always been something which fascinated me in this country. And the people always live up to the reputation of being most hospitable. So uh, thank you for uh, hosting this session and Amantel especially as well. Uh, the event last night was wonderful as well. So thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so GBI, we, we're um, one of the only private network operators in the region. Um, we do connect to all of the countries in the region. Um, we've been in existence since I think 2010. I've uh, been serving carriers and uh, most recently some of the new OTTs that have uh, made their presence felt across the region. Um, uh, great partnerships across the region with all the main telcos and smaller telcos, and we help to do more and more of that. So um, looking forward to uh, discussing some of the topics on the agenda this morning. Okay, thank you very much, and good seeing you in person. Finally, right? We had so many sessions, but okay. So, um, and on my left, uh, the Honorable uh, Javier, please, floor is yours. I, I will try to emulate your voice, but uh, no, you, you, your tongue is much better than mine. The base of my voice. You are really good on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, hello everyone. I am uh, Javier Hector. I am working on Mantel since uh, one year already. The times flies. I am in charge of summer sales uh, for capacity. And well, I, I will not 
talk more about the mantle because I think that you already listen to a lot of things about what we are doing, about our mission, that that is already covered. But uh, I, I would like to thank you for being here in this uh, very nice country that I just discovered myself and my family. This has been a really fantastic experience, not only for the country, also for the people, which is the most hospitable people I found uh, in my travels, and I travel a lot. So really looking forward to discuss uh, this topic that I, I will not dare to repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Great having you and and, uh, and uh, Ren here with us, um, uh, guys. So um, as you mentioned, uh, and as Sohail uh, mentioned yesterday, and also uh, Sheikh Khalal, it, it's um, from Oman to the world, right? Yeah. That's the idea. That's, I will keep the voice go. low. Thank you. All right. Um, enough about voices. Um, uh, we talk a bit more data here now. And um, um, Brendan, if I may ask you please to, uh, to to go to the stand and um, and talk us through uh, your, your your presentation and what what you have to share with us, um, Brendan. What are you going to talk about? What, what, what's your what's your topic? What do we have? To read it, so I'll wait for the slides to come up. There okay. you so, go. Um, there you go. Yeah. This so morning I was talking about new business models, investment strategies to meet future business demand. That's what I was asked. That's to my talk sentence. Uh, okay. That's my sentence. <laughs> this is what Keep I was charge. This is what I was asked to talk about. You, you'd be your judge to see whether I actually cover the subject in the entirety in the next few minutes. Um, yeah. The first thing to say, uh, what I'm going to do this morning is just really to prompt the discussion that we're going to have in the panel. So um, if I go on too long, guys, just start to, to wave and stop me, please. Um, right. Let's take control of this. First thing to say. Right. I want a bit of interactivity right from where it goes. Stick next to Mike. Quiz for you all. Um, just in terms of the growth that we're expected to see in the market in this region. Um, I've stolen some numbers from a well-known third party that provides us with market statistics. And clearly we're gonna see increases in capacity over the next 10 years. 10 years might seem a long time to you, but I've been in the region 15, 16 years, and it seems like only two or three years. So another 10 years from now is not that long away. And we also have to make sure we plan for, for what we're doing as capacities are growing and growing and growing. But a question to you, what, what do you think, what do you think capacity is gonna be from the Gulf to Europe predicted in 10 years from now, in 2032, which is 10 years from now, wow. 10 years from now. Any, any guesses, anyone wanna hazard a guess? Currently it's, we predicted, or it's predicted about 21, 21 terrors. Okay, guys. Come Sorry, anybody? Double. Sorry, 200, 200. I feel like I'm in an auction now. 200. Anybody, anybody want to go up higher? Anyone higher? 25, no? 65, 70, 20, 70, 70, 70, 70, 70. Sold? No, I'm sold. Yeah, no. 200. Only 200. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you what this is worth, okay? That's a bit of a, a, a hint or a help in the top right-hand corner. If you can read that, you'll get the rest of the questions right. So, um, but it's there to help. 710 terabits. What? 710 terabits. 2032. And I know a lot of people in the audience, maybe not in the audience, have predicted actually higher than that. That is absolutely unbelievable growth that we're expecting to see. It's not necessarily linear, so there's some kicks to that growth, maybe two years from now, four years from now, particularly when some of the new cable infrastructures come in and some of the big OTTs really start to deliver some of the key services. But 710, unbelievable, right? 40% growth per year. 
Next one. Intragolf, just around this part of the region, you're just intragolf. Anybody want to hazard a guess in terms of what that number might look like in 10 years from now? It's five at the moment, five. Come on, audience, come on, come on. 500, that's more like it. You were low before, weren't you? So you've gone in something high. <laughs> you've gone too high. <laughs> 200, still a factor of many in terms of where we are today. Now that's all upside, all going up. Um, obviously the other side of the coin, when we look at the commercials is pricing and we're gonna see price declines of 15 to 20%, I think maybe more, particularly when it comes to local access, but that's another, another question, another discussion. Okay, um, what's driving this growth? We all know, we talk about OTTs, hyperscalers and the big four um, we'll engage with in some, in some way, maybe not directly all the time, but indirectly, we're all talking about these guys in terms of how they're creating demand. And I just picked up a few quotes in terms of how they're generating and uh, this, this, this demand. The first point from Microsoft really just puts the onus on us as carriers to ensure that we do have the capability to be instant reliability, instant responsive, that anything on our networks, and we support the networks of these guys, it's instant responsive. Nothing goes down 100% active, not 99.99, whatever, it's, it's 100%. AWS, just in terms of capacity, you know, their COO came in relatively recently, is talking about that we've only got 10% of the movement to cloud. There's another 90% to come. Again, just this is the, one of the reasons why we're going to see this growth. So fund phenomenal growth. Uh, Google, now these guys, you know, if you, if you add them all up, Google's about 11%, Microsoft 21, there's about 70% coming from these guys, and that's just been growing and growing. And Meta, as we all know, providing WhatsApp, Facebook, et cetera, 25%. So these guys, as we know, are going to drive a lot of the growth. If we look historically, again, this was done a few years ago, or a couple of years ago, you'll see from 2010 to 2020, the enormous growth from the OTT side and what it was back in only 10 years ago. So the world's changed phenomenally in 10 years, and it's going to change phenomenally again in the next 10 years. And perhaps there'll be other OTTs that come in with services, in the metaverse, et cetera, which will start to drive a lot of this growth. Bit of a wordy slide, this one. Uh, so sorry for those that are sitting in the back. Um, I haven't got any spectacles for you. I mean, can't see very easily. But what I've listed in red here are the areas I want to talk more specifically about what GBA, GBI have been involved in in terms of supporting the new business models. Uh, but clearly capacity planning, the first item, very, very important. I talked about life cycles now for vendors. Have we got some vendors in the audience today? Yes, I can see Mohammed there. He's, he's not, not listening, but he's, he's definitely in the, the audience. Um, you know, the life cycle or the time, lead times in terms of getting equipment is getting longer and longer. So we have to plan way in advance to support these capacity growth. Investment in new cables. We've done a lot of work in terms of uh, looking at the new cables, up to 96 segments we've looked at in terms of analysis, analyzing in terms of where we want to invest our, our money at GBI. New business models. I'll come and talk about that in a second. And falling prices. In terms of the network challenge, I've talked about how important it is in terms of network insurance, assurance, uh, ensuring that we've got there's a new level of dependency and expectation on us as, as carriers to deliver the services. New routes, which is really linked to the new cables, I guess, in some way, uh, how we can provide new routes to provide the diversity uh, that a lot of the new business that we want to deliver is requiring. Service localization, again, I think we're all aware that, again, these players coming into the market, the OTTs, want to set up locally in data centers and provide services to customers locally because it provides better latency and provides better capability in terms of service. There's a plethora of new services coming in, the metaverse, AI, all sorts of things, again, just driving up this, this capacity demand. 
And finally, internally, what we need to do is in terms of SDN and how we need to invest in SDN to digitalize our own networks. Bit of a mouthful all that, but that's just to give a bit of background to the, um, to the, to the growth. Just in terms of investments, we've been looking at um, a number of new uh, cable infrastructures, uh, and we all know that who they are, the, the two Africas, Centurion, uh, Blue Raman, Raman, et cetera, et cetera, Africa One, there's a whole host of them. Uh, and it's quite a complicated assessment that you need to do to determine where you put your, your money in terms of investing in new capacities. And from GBI, said the business has been in existence since 20, 2009, 2010. You know, we've got a, a certain life cycle in terms of our capability and we need to reinvest. So we spent a lot of time looking at the different criteria you might be able to see here, which is varying from commercial viability to uh, capacity availability, route complexity, et cetera. And that's helped us in determining what it is that we want to do in terms of our own investment. Um, we've actually assessed with a third party support 96, I shouldn't say cables segments, I should say off cables to determine what is our best investment strategy. And there's a lot of different uh, inputs into that. And we've got a scenario in terms of what we want to do in the short term and what we want to do in the long term. And availability of some of these investments is critical. I was talking to uh, a couple of people this morning about a certain availability of one of the big players. You know, people talk about 2004, 2005, but what if there's a delay? What if it goes to 2006? Yet you know, we've got all these services that are waiting to come on board that need capacities in the region. In terms of our play with uh, O2Ts, we've recently announced a, uh, a project with uh, one of the big OTT players. And that's really meant that we've had to work in partnership with uh, players in the industry in the case of uh, being set, uh, set up in Qatar, we work with Misa, who is a predominant um, uh, data center company, uh, and Vodafone in terms of the last mile, et cetera. So we've, we've done a lot of work in terms of uh, working with partners to, to attract uh, the meta uh, capability to, to Qatar. Uh, I've got to congratulate Oman again, and they were the first node in supporting of that business. And there'll be more and more OTT setting up around the region. It's not a case of them having one location. They have to have multiple locations for diversity. And yes, we believe we've got access to certain markets that will be beneficial to, to Meta, but others don't. So clearly we, we want to benefit from that as well. Uh, finally, just in terms of a project or a very important project to us, and that's regarding diversity of, of uh, routes. And um, I've been very vocal uh, with the market in the last few months about the importance of what we call the North routes, uh, routes that potentially have been more difficult Obviously, a lot of politics there, but routes we believe have got a very strong foundation for the future of new uh, capacity transit and termination. Uh, so it's something we're focused on very much, the likes of Iraq, uh, where we believe that for many reasons, not least the low latency, uh, it's worth investing in, in, that, in that particular route. That was all I was going to say today, just prompt our panel discussion, uh, just to leave you with a picture of something which is very important uh, for the region, I believe, uh, particularly Qatar in terms of uh, the next few weeks. And that's the hosting of, of the World Cup that I personally, being a football fan, are very much looking forward to. Um, let's get on with the panel session. Thank you. Okay, guys. Now, that was uh, very interesting. And, um, and Brendan, thank you so much for, uh, for, for, for sharing. Um, yeah, guys, um, big thing. I mean, um, uh, Javier, we just heard from, um, from, uh, from, from Brendan, of course, um, uh, what needs to be done, what are they looking at, and, and so on. I mean, I think we can say and state that Omantel did a fair share of investment as well, especially if, if, if you look at the, the um, uh, Australia-Oman um, uh, cable. 
but 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 in in a nutshell, can you uh, tell me what what have been, let's say, the the investments over the last period, uh, last couple of years, actually, uh, have have been from uh, from Oman, or what have been your has been your effort? You know, Omantel traditionally the the approach was to connect Oman to the world by investing into those uh, consortia cable that we all get used to. Okay, so you get these uh, X uh, carriers that just build a, a massive or less massive infrastructure and they share like a limited amount of capacity because at the end it's just for our own needs that we are looking for, right? That um, at a certain moment, Omantel. I was not there yet, but you know very well who were the people uh, involved from in that. I don't need to, to, to tell this because we all know. And they started to get into infrastructure that was more uh, substantial, I would say. And uh, there was, to me, an inflection point in this at the time from outside, where Omantel decides to do this joint partnership with Equinix to bring a neutral but real neutral data center in the region because we all know about these neutral data centers that at the end has an operator at the end and you are not really in neutral grounds here it was well done in the sense that this was uh, implemented as a financial structure just as a shareholder what a mantle has no say and uh, except for the cfo and then the operations are run by a reputable company like Equinix, where all the customers already, international customer has their vision, visibility, even the contracts are already implemented. It's this moment where this openness is bringing also to the region these uh, content players. And then Oman has, from this moment, it starts two things. First thing is that you get your content localized here. Today, we're talking about 85% of the content of the internet is located in Oman. And uh, the intention is to bring this to 98 next to around the end of the year, beginning of next year, which is just by counting is just bringing just the networks. It's not so much. At the end, all content, we could maybe discuss about this later, but all content or most of the content is localized with uh, a limited amount of networks. So this is like changing the paradigm so now man instead of going outside to be connected is bringing those content providers here and from there is the second impact is that people are getting the content from oman also of course geography is helping us a lot but also is this vision about saying okay i put something that some other companies might consider like a challenge opening my market but they really did in a very smart way, bringing value to the region, bringing value to Oman, bringing value to Omantel. And I think that in these kind of uh, situations, whoever acts first, it's uh, getting the wings. And now we are seeing that this is coming with uh, Salala. Like it's uh, just an extension, a new phase of the data center that is already operational here. And then we see that as per location geography, all the OTTs, all the carriers bringing those new massive systems are considering, are signing, are already confirmed going to this data center to be able to interconnect freely with low charges, 
openly without surprises. And yeah. this is part of the secret, I would say. And you're having, I think, four C cables coming in there in the landing station, right? The Salala. I would say that uh, Raman is going there, of course. Mm -hmm. Then we have to Africa through another operator that is based here, but is going also to the same data center. And then we have IEX. And then we will have Oman Australia cable coming in the future. Okay, no, that's impressive. And uh, <laughs> I would say a lot of money. <laughs> Big investments, right? Yes, just to say something is uh, 31 fire pairs coming in the coming two years. That's, that, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, uh, Brendan, I mean, um, uh, I mean, you, you had this, this, let's say, uh, the, this slides where, where you apologized um, uh, that it was a bit a lot, but actually it was quite clear because your first point was actually uh, in red, which was mentioned actually the, 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 the investment and, and the finance. Now, um, Everybody thinks that, yeah, well, we invested, but it's not that easy. You need to find the investors. You need to see um, uh, nowadays sustainability plays a role. Um, what, what can you share with the, with the audience about, you know, how to get that investment and how important it is? Yeah, I mean, um, clearly we, we, every, we have a board. <laughs> we're answerable to a board and we have to justify any level of investment that we're making. And these are considerable, considerable levels of investment. Um, and there's an education process you need to go through uh, with your stakeholders to ensure that they understand just the simple dynamics of this market and, you know, the simplicity of what I presented in terms of the quiz, you know, in terms of how much it's predicted this market will grow. And, you know, you need to take a little bit of risk. You need to go out there and say, right, we're going to now take this risk and, and invest if you, if you believe it is a risk. Um, I believe the time now is to invest and um, yeah, um, the difficulty is in the complexity, as I mentioned also, in terms of assessing the risk and assessing the options you've got in front of you. Um, but there's nothing better than an event like this in terms of talking to people and getting inputs as to what the real situation is. I mean, like in the industry, there's lots of hearsay and people whispering tongues, et cetera, about the situation, but um, getting in front of people and understanding where things are. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a combination of the quantitative in terms of justifying investments, you know, whereas where is pricing actually going, how much people to pay, what has you actually got to pay for, for this capacity and the dark fibers and how much is coming in, who's taking what, it's a very complex environment, but, but ultimately, you know, you've got to get on and make a decision. And the work we've done this year, I believe, is put in a position where we will be with our board and our stakeholders making some very significant decisions over the next few uh, months as to how we want the next 10 to 15 years to play out. Yeah, because the thing is, and it's interesting what, what you mentioned, because, uh, I mean, the investors are out there and they're happy to support us all. Um, and it's, it's, it's difficult to, because you mentioned one thing, yeah, um, um, uh, to see, you know, to take a risk or not. I think the only answer is there. Ten years ago, we were talking about, you know, the, the, the bursting of the IP and, you know, the bandwidth and, and what have you. And that even the realistic approaches, what we see today, the results are, nobody foreseen actually that amount of growth in the, over the last 10 years especially the last five years it was even it was awesome it is it's amazing and uh, there was but more a problem of how to manage it <laughs> rather than to, to 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 have it and to make sure that we build in time you know because we also see that a lot of some um, uh, quite big uh, cables are actually running you know end of end of life getting end of life, I mean, trying to recuperate this, uh, putting better transponders in there, you know, what have you, which costs a huge amount of money. 
on maintenance and, and, and to prolong the service because we just need, we need it. So I think there is one of the answers. Yeah, I just just to touch on, it, I think the risk is is a combination of opportunity costs. If you risk, if you invest in Blue Ramon versus versus to Africa or another, okay, what is the justification? There's also in terms of you know GBI's network, for instance, we we are privately owned network, which we think is a big advantage to working with customers because we sell directly without having to go through consortium, and that's a principle we've kind of adopted since day one. You know, do we go differently in terms of our, our next step approach? Um, are we controlled by some of the licensed operators in some territories, which means it's more difficult to have a competitive offer. You know, those are the sort of considerations we've got to make in terms of where we believe the best investments should be. Not easy, but doable, right? And they, they have to. It's simple, simple because the market is there. Um, okay, looking a little bit into the into the into the business models, and as we mentioned, um, Javier, what changed? Did we see more partnerships coming on? I mean, um, the, the perfect example was uh, in the presentation from uh, from from Brendan, of course. Um, um, but what, what do you see around you? I mean, you have a perfect, um, uh, as you mentioned in uh, on on the data centers, what what's happening, and also in uh, Salala. Um, but did the business models change? Did, do you see them even more changing in in the coming period? What, what can we expect there? What what, what is your view? I have um, a catchy phrase that I like to say, uh, lastly, is like, you know, the new mu kilometer is the fiber pair. This is what I'm saying, because it's also true. I mean, uh, five years ago, we were building cables like, okay, this mu kilometer of STM1 of whatever, it's uh, obsolete, let's go to a spectrum sharing um, consortium, this kind of, uh, you know, implementation models, just to be able to share in a fair way the investment the cost as you always do and then this allowed also for small players to get into the game so okay for an entry ticket of 30 60 million but then the consortium of course will leave like uh, some 10 million spots uh, clear in case they need some more money they could bring a small one with a horrible cost structure but they were happy to be in this is over. I mean, those are, I'm talking about cables that were deployed and ready for service five years ago, and we are considering them legacy, which is like uh, incredible. But what happened is like, of course, this uh, engine we have behind our market, which is the ODTs, they get more and more appetite for capacity. They want to get also these uh, operational independence between uh, the consortium members. So they want to have their own fiber pair. So we reach a, a moment where the fiber pair is affordable enough to own, but not to everybody. So what we are seeing is that those small players are getting squeezed out of the submarine system itself, of the consortium itself. This is also intentional from these OTTs because they simply say, I don't want to have a CMV3 that seems like the United Nations with 59 people around the table. I have been there many times. It's very... It's very fantastic consortium, very funny, but it's from another time. And this is why it's going to be the commission in two years right now. Simple by this, because it's not useful anymore. So, so I will say that now the question is, how can you support those cables that are fiber-based when not everybody is able to pay this entry ticket? So I will see like, uh, exactly, the market being more and more I will say in the consortium itself, you will have like the OTTs and less and less carriers. 
if to Africa is eight carriers, we're seeing that other systems are two carriers <laughs> and one OTT, only one, by the way, because they don't want to be like mixed. And it's this kind of political game between them. And then the question is, okay, this capacity needs to be offered to the market. So this is where I see that we will see more models where you see, okay, you will see probably mini consortia appearing like, let's say that we have this consortia with 20 fiber pairs or 24 in the future. Uh, I cannot afford one fiber pair, but I can talk to my buddies and I can build maybe a consortium through or three parties and we share the spectrum and we do our own business together. And the consortium itself, the main consortium is not so important because at the end it's just managing a cable that is goes from A to B and it's just very simple operations. It's because the capacity sharing is where the complexity is. I was about to say nothing mm. simple about it. <laughs> nothing simple about it. Brendan, anything to 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 uh, to, to add what uh, what Javier said with regards to the, um, adjusting the, the 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 business models and and how we look at it and uh, what's uh, maybe there to come. Yeah, I think um, we talk about the sort of partnership approach, and it's glibly talked about in, in in session after session about how we're all partners and we work together. But I think going forward, you know, the likes we were talking about in terms of how we can trade capacities based on our individual investments uh, to support each other, how we can work with the different players in the industry, the data center market, clearly very important. Some of us have already got investments in that space. That's become integrated, uh, providing end-to-end -end services for players. But you know, other areas such as the technical performance, reporting, measurement, monitoring, all the essential ingredients that you know the network, as I alluded to in my presentation, has to be there for the assurance of the service. Um, so I think the partnership approach has to develop much further. We've got partnerships in different areas of the, of the industry. I'm looking at the, the team on the front table here uh, under Adel and the Alliance Network. We're doing a, a project with them in terms of across the region for more traditional approach in terms of capacities. But clearly, you know, our relationship with uh, San Francisco in terms of the OTTs outside the industry is also very important. So, so it, it's, it's different levels of partnership uh, and different investment, different levels of investment. It takes time, but it's the way the industry's got to go. And more, rather than this sort of more transactional approach it has been based on the past, it's moving to much more strategic uh, level of, uh, of partnership. Which doesn't make it easier. No. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on, gentlemen. Um, the demand. Um, Javier, maybe for starting with you. Um, addressing the future market demands. Do we understand them? Do we know how to address them? Do we know what's coming at us? Do we realize? Of course, I, I don't have a crystal ball. If I had, probably I will be very rich and working in other things. <laughs> it would not work anymore. <laughs> but I, I, I try my best to have this crystal ball. So, and I like this with the passion, you know, I like this industry. I like this uh, business of submarine business. There is no business like submarine business. And uh, I like thinking about that a lot. And what I'm seeing, at least in this region, what I'm seeing is like the big expressways are being built now. We all know all these big systems, international, really intercontinental, going from India, going from Asia, going through Africa, through the Red Sea to Europe. This is what we are seeing with some extensions, maybe into the Gulf in some cases. But at the end, we are seeing that uh, those 
those old consortia that had the benefit of having a lot of operators from everywhere and basically it was maybe not the best optimum model in terms of uh, using the capacity but it was extremely flexible where you can go through country out a to country b with no issue and the best example is cmv3 cmv3 you can go from hong kong to whatever place the good old the good old one you can do a belgium hong kong in this cable or a vietnam uh, lisbon of course the cost structure is not good of course but this has also the advantages and was designed for voice so that was completely logical so what we're seeing now is my those expressways going from the main nodes where most probably the OTTs has an interest on and then you think about those countries that are not served by this batch of infrastructure that is being deployed so in my opinion but we will see and, and we know that there are projects already in the drawing board we will see more regional projects happening so like bringing traffic from those countries that are not served in a first stage and bringing to these main nodes and then scale mm, i will not say smaller scale in distance yes but at the end when you do shorter distance you can build more fiber pairs so probably will be absolutely massive in terms of capacity there you have your 24 pairs yeah <laughs> most probably okay on the demand side i mean you, you talked about it already because actually you started off with with, the, with your quiz guys what, what do you think now that's backed up by you know, because, um, uh, I mean, talking about the demand, it will be 710 the ter 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 yes. yeah, yeah. terabits um, uh, worldwide uh, and only 200. No, no, just, just, gulf to, just gulf to Europe. That's Only gulf to Europe. Yeah. So probably half of it is a month. <laughs> of course, he had to say this, right? Of course. <laughs> anyway, um, that's. It's driven by demand and we need to justify the demand so um maybe repeating a little bit of what you said before again but but i think it is it is good for the audience to to really fully understand where that demand comes from and and to 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 also a little bit from from an education point of view to to elaborate a little bit more on that one eric i'm going to say something now i say sizes and everything <laughs> Size wow. is not everything. I mean, wow. I, I talked in the first part of my presentation about the importance of the capacity growth. Um, from our perspective, that's been taken care of by the likes of Amantan and, and others in terms of the big numbers of fiber pairs, etc. But um, from our perspective, if we're really going to differentiate ourselves in the market, because it will come down to a level of differentiation at some point, not just about size, capacity, uh, latency. And that's why I mentioned in part of my presentation the importance of new routes uh, and the importance of what we believe is going to become a, a more important route is than the northern routes uh, the likes of iraq where latencies are a good 30 percent less than some of the big fiber pairs that are coming in the more traditional routes where when you have services that are evolving to becoming mostly video when gaming is taking off when virtual reality is taking off which is, is what all the big players are talking about in terms of the growth then these dimensions or these criteria are going to become much more important. So I don't want to lose, you know, the focus uh, on on that that part of part of the solution, uh, and just focus on on the growth. The growth we have to be in there, but we need to make sure that as industry specialists in the provision 
of cabling, whether it be uh, submarine on terrestrial, we need to make sure we're making sure that the the infrastructure delivers what is required from the new the new types of services, which are like I say, a hungry bandwidth, video, virtual reality, all those new services. And that's what's driving, by the way, the, the seven wing ten anyway. Yeah. All right. So having said that, and made it very clear where the man comes from, I think thank you for that, uh, my gentleman. Um, on the planning side, will we be on time? Whatever we are planning. That's... Will we be on time, gentlemen? Will, will, you, will you be on time? I mean, <laughs> let's, let's put it the other way around. When you are waiting for the bus, when the bus arrives, you take it, right? <laughs> Not before. I'll so the question is, yes, by definition, they will be on time. Um, we are seeing now how many projects been developed. We have this piece that is nearly about completion, I think, if not already operational. We've seen uh, some projects uh, that are being deployed as we speak. And then we have Blue Raman that is being surveyed. As we are speaking, and manufactured. So they're ongoing. I'm involved in this latest one, so I know very well the, the situation, of course. There are challenges. They are not simple projects. We're talking about uh, hundreds of millions of investment in many different jurisdictions. Only, only, right? <laughs> well, it's, uh, well it's, it's what the submarine cable costs. But if you ask me 10 years ago, I would say like several billions because prices were so high at the time. So yes, my impression is that they will be all around end of 2024, beginning of 25. I mean, at least these uh, big express route, these big uh, highways between brackets. I hate this comparison, but well, we have to use it that we were discussing about. All right, Ben. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a positive guy, but I can also think of myself as being realistic. And I've, I've seen predictions on timelines many, many times, and they're never, never adhered to. So I always add a year to what anybody says currently in terms of the del delivery of some of these some of these new and the reason I mention this is, is it's, it's very very important because if you've got a you know CAGR of forty percent as of next year and you haven't got some of the big super highways coming in we're going to have a hole in this region in terms of being able to support the development of some of the services so yep. criticality of the timeline is is there. Uh, it obviously affects your your investment timelines and obviously the paybacks, et cetera. So, you know, that, that has a as a, as a effect and your, your shareholders, your stakeholders have to be clear about when you're going to get the return. So, yeah, the, the criticality of the subject is, is, is very, 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 very important. And I think with what's happened with the shortages on chipset, et cetera, and I look out to the audience again, the vendors, you know, we were surprised as an industry, I think, in terms of how that set us back in terms of the capacities that, that were needed this year i mean just in case of the world cup for instance we had to make extraordinary efforts to ensure that we were prepared based on the slipping time timelines of, of of the vendors so yeah extremely important we keep a, a handle on this uh and keep um getting the information as to what the real the real situation of, of when things can be delivered no, because it's 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 difficult. I mean, on the planning, and and of course, I mean, the the cables is one part of the chain. We all know this, and um, uh, um, so yeah. So it's 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 not easy. It's a huge amount of money because everybody's just taking it for granted. Because using your cell phone, you think, yeah, sure. Why is it taking it so long? I mean, you mentioned latency as well, one of the important things, and of course, as well, managing 
realistic expectation, which is in, in your in your second red point. I mean, those are the those are things to do. But still, I wanted to see see if we could, you know, as as uh, sitting here as a senior panelist and and having the knowledge and and actually deciding on the on the planning as well, what you two gentlemen are doing here is to make sure we get the expectation right for the for the audience, but and and, and for for the people. Um, Coming to let's say a closing statement from from, from you guys, um, what is there for you to expect? What 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 can we expect not only from you and from from Omantel in the, in this case, um, um, but also what can we expect which is coming towards us? I mean, you mentioned you don't do not have the glass bowl. I know, me neither. Well, I have a little one, you know, with some snow which I can do, but that doesn't work all the time. It doesn't give me the answers. But what, from your point of view, can can we expect in the in the near future? Do you mean as new projects or yeah, new projects? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I will say that uh, we will see uh, MC One Muscat Equinix growing up. I mean, this is like uh, organic grow for uh, their uh, the tenants that are there. We will see Salala starting operations, and that. For the users there, it will be more like uh, some kind of switch at fiber pair level even, where they would like to connect the capacity from left to right, from India to Africa. This is very well located. And also having the advantages of doing this on a patch-based model, not in a circuit-based model. So this is the big difference. And we are not even part of it. This is Equinix. This is part of the success we expect. And then I was say that the next step that is coming and it's becoming this saturation we are seeing in the red sea of cables in the gulf of aden where we are seeing the these ott's they have these compliance departments where they say who are you talking to to get permission in yemen is uh, this uh, according to the resolution of the united nations or oh, do you have the right permitting Eritrea? The guys are not picking the phone. So they've, they're finding challenges due to their own rules, but are very strict in that way because they have the shareholders and they are uh, listed. So these also the fact that uh, you are crossing a war zone in some cases, also the fact that the Red Sea is crowded and you cannot bury. This is bringing many people to the idea that maybe a Pan-Arab network terrestrial would be a good idea. And uh, this is something we are working on with in collaboration with Zain to be able to do this kind of crossing Saudi Arabia and Oman and be able to provide terrestrial connectivity from the Aqaba Gulf, the Red Sea, up to uh, Muscat, where you can just go and go to Asia. This is something that I think in the, it's already in the drawing board. And I think we'll know more and we will see more about this project in the coming years. Okay, thank you. Brendan, coming to you with some, for, for some famous last words, what can we expect very short in term from, uh, I mean, you you had some slide already up there and I know what's coming from uh, from Qatar in the, in the coming month actually. Um, but what can we expect from uh, from uh, from GBI and uh, and, and more bigger what is your take let's say on what's to expect let's say in the region as a as a whole yeah i mean i think the the market the opportunity is tremendous so we've got a fantastic growth opportunity here and it's about how we uh, work together to address it and um, so that when we reflect 
on other markets, how quickly are we either catching up or going ahead of the likes of Western Europe or the States, whatever, in terms of being able to ultimately deliver those new services, exciting new services into each market. It needs a level of commitment and partnership approach, whether it be working on interregulation or whether it be working on pricing, which um, from a CLS to CLS perspective, we always get frustrated by some of the last mile, last mile pricing approach of some of the incumbent operators. But um, that's that 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 has to change, I think, and we need to ensure that you know this this market or this region is demonstrating an ability worldwide to deliver on behalf of OTTs and customers what is the future. Um, I think the final thing to say is in terms of uh, this point I made right at the end of one of my slides is about internally what we do to support that. So you know SDN has been talked about for months and years, and people have done various versions of it. But again, as a region bringing us all together, ensuring that there are APIs in place that we can trade capacities, we can work more closely together uh, with the blockchain billing, whatever it might be, that digitalization, you know, automation, all those things are certainly a project that we're focused in now. So in the forthcoming years, we're an easier business to, to do business with, and we can facilitate more instantly, instantaneously, and more responsibly uh, the business that we do. Okay, thank you so much. And um, now we know what to expect from you guys. Huh? Mm, fantastic. Okay, and with this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I would first would would like to 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 thank Javier, of course, from from Amantel and Brendan. Always a pleasure, finally live <laughs> in, in 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 person from from GBI, and I would like to thank GBI for sponsoring this session. So thank you so much for.